Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about GP per day with the help of special guest Dan Purnell of Alloy Workshop in Charlottesville, Virginia. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hey everybody, Tim Fowler here again, and welcome to the Tim Fowler Show. We really love to hear from everybody out there. We need topics ideas. It's a little hard to keep going after five years of uh, trying to give you the best there is in production. So uh, send me in some ideas. I'll see if I can find someone that will uh, come on the show and talk about it with us. So send those to Tim at RemodelersAdvantage.com. So as most of the listeners out there know, I manage and facilitate the production manager roundtables for Remodelers Advantage. And this means that basically twice a year, and sometimes multiple times in those uh, that time frame, I get to sit in a room with 10 or 11 production managers from all around the country. And we talk about our challenges. And what's really cool is I get to hear like all the latest solutions to the challenges. It's almost like being in the business, but not having to do the business because <laughs> I get to learn what's going on out there now. If anybody's interested in that, uh, we do have openings in some of those groups. And so just get in touch with me if you'd like to find out uh, more about that. So one of the ideas that came up in a meeting recently uh, was this idea of gross profit per day. And it's not a new idea. It's been around for a while. I've been exposed to it through production manager roundtable uh, meetings before but I'd kind of dismissed it. I'd kind of put it on the back burner, partially because the company that I was involved with uh, that was toting it just wasn't hitting its margins, was, just wasn't hitting its goals. And I couldn't figure out uh, why, uh, but I just kind of dismissed the idea. And so in this latest meeting, when it came up, I realized that not only our guests company, but other companies that are in our groups are making this concept of gross profit per day work really well for them. And so, um, like I said, our guest brought it up uh, in the meeting and I thought, you know what, let's uh, let's get him on. Let's see what they're doing with it. I think he'll he'll tell you that they don't feel like they've mastered the idea yet but uh, they're doing some good stuff with it. So I thought it'd be great for us to bring it on, bring him on, talk about it. And I also wanna talk a little bit about some of my reservations uh, with it. Uh, like I said, my experience hasn't always been positive, but I think I'm being uh, moved over to the other side of the fence. But I just wanna caution people about a couple of things that I've thought about related to this. So Steve, let's get going. All right. So Dan Purnell is the production manager at Alloy Workshop in Charlottesville, Virginia. Alloy Workshop is a design build firm that was founded in 2011 by the current owners, Dan Zimmerman and Zach Snyder. In his time in the production manager role, Dan and the team have focused on creating a comprehensive pre-production process. So all selections, purchases are complete prior to mobilization. 
This has shown much better performance as it relates to the schedule and gross profit percentage slippage. Alloy has reduced slippage to an average of 2% and now getting grippage on the project duration. This shift has led them to looking at different metrics to track profitability and how that can help them make better business decisions. Welcome to the show, Dan. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right. This is going to be a lot of fun. So uh, just give us a little bit more information about Alloy. Is it Alloy or Alloy? Alloy? Alloy, correct. Alloy Workshop. Uh, Maybe a little bit about the volume. Uh, We got a little bit about the percentages there. Maybe how you run production, project managers, lead carpenters, that kind of thing. Yeah, correct. So um, this year, our target for as far as volume is concerned is uh, 3.6 million. It looks like we'll probably be very close to four. So we've been in a pretty big growth phase over the last three years, probably like a lot of the companies out there with COVID just kind of ramped everybody's business up. So um, uh, that's kind of the volume side. And the way we perform our work is we have a series of project managers. We actually have three and we don't self-perform anything. Uh, We'd like for our project managers not really to have their tool belts on. We're managing our trade partners uh, for every project from starting from demo, you know, all the way through the finishes. Um, We have recently um, hired a couple lead carpenters to kind of augment some of the work that our production managers are doing uh, or project managers are doing. Um, And that's just uh, enabled our project managers to kind of float to different projects and not have to be somewhere all the time. Um, So that's probably about as deep as we're going to go with the direct employment and self-performing work. Yeah, this is uh, just for everybody's benefit. I see it as companies grow and get bigger and bigger and bigger. It just feels like this adding of some in-house staff is just sort of a natural progression, like like Dan mentioned, just to kind of catch some of those little things and and to have to be on two different jobs at one time is is pretty hard for one person. So. All right. So before we get into all the details of what we're talking about today, just in case anybody out there doesn't know, what is GP or gross profit? Yeah. So gross profit is essentially um, once you mark up the cost of your uh, your job, it's the percentage of, of money that you're going to make on that job uh, prior to you know taking out overhead and all those types of things. Okay. So it includes... Uh, overhead, but it's also supposed to include net profit, right? Correct. Okay. All right. Just want to make that clear because I think one of the challenges that this company I spoke about earlier, they were having that, you know, they were hitting their GP per day, but they weren't making the net they were supposed to. And it, it didn't just didn't seem to fit for me. And so I want to make sure we uh, kind of, kind of look at that. So what is GP per day then? What is it in real practical terms, the way you understand it there at Alloy? Yeah, so we're just basically taking our gross profit on a project and breaking that down by the day for the duration that we define for each specific project. You know, three-month duration, break it down into weeks, down into days, and we know when that project goes out the door at our established gross margin percentage that we use for every project that we're going to achieve X gross profit per day. That's our goal. You take the, you know, whatever the gross profit is divided by your days and there you go. So we really started tracking that probably about a year, year and a half ago, just as a metric to look at on a daily basis 
um, actually pretty much a weekly basis. Um, we would look at it on our scoreboard and look at it with projects. And then we started going a little deeper with it and um, we defined it, you know, pre-mobilization. Then we started defining it post, you know, what do we do after the project's done? What's the gross profit per day look like? And then we could, after about a year, we could start to establish like what our average was and look at different projects and figure out why did it go you know, below the number it went out at? Why did it go above the number it went out at? And just try and understand it more. And so I think we've gotten to the point where we understand it pretty well, um, not experts by any stretch, but we um, are using it now. What really, I guess, flipped the light bulb for me was we were working with um, one of our uh, business coaches. Uh, we run the entrepreneurial operating system and he had brought up the concept and, and told us how he used it. And this year for 2023, our revenue, we actually backed into how much gross profit we want to make for the entire year. Then you're able to take that number, break it down by how many projects you have you run on average per year. And then you know right away what gross profit per day you need to hit for 365 days. And when you do that, you come up with your target for that, uh, for that metric. And then you can look at every project that you bring in that's a lead or that goes out the door and you know, am I, is this a good project for Alloy? Is this going to help us achieve the gross profit we need to hit our goal of 3.6 million in 2023? All right. So let me just kind of, I don't know if it's devil advocate or not, but let's just assume, let, take that comment you just made about, is this a good project for us? So yeah. sales goes out, they're looking at a, a project. It's, um, you know, you're estimating costs at, you know, 500,000, you're going to mark it up by 40% or whatever your markup yep. is. Isn't that automatically going to give you the GP per day for that job? How would you determine right then and there, whoa, don't take this job because we're not going to be able to get the GP per day versus this is our GP. We have to make it happen in this many days. Yeah. So I think it comes down to really the the way that's framed in my head is it comes down to duration. It's probably the single biggest thing that helps drive gross profit per day is, you know, are you going to finish that project in the allotted amount of time that you have budgeted within your estimate? Um, if you can't do that every day you go past, it reduces your gross profit per day. Conversely, Every day you finish early, your gross profit per day is going up. So, you know, the, the conversations we have about, is this a good job for us are all internal. And it's right. because we're looking at the gross profit per day and then we're being real with ourselves. And we're like, well, if this is low, you know, does that mean that we need to look at our duration? Are we just not factoring in enough or do we need more management and supervision hours? You know, all those things come into play when you start looking at the number. And so... I guess maybe just a little bit more in terms of, of how how would you know, like you project the duration, I guess, give us an example. I guess what I'm asking, yeah. something that would say, you know what, this is our normal job, but boy, this is, it's going to push it. I mean, the duration is going to go three weeks longer than we would typically expect. So maybe either we add money in for that Correct. or- or we say we're not going to take the job. What might be an example? I've, I've been racking my brain on this. Yeah, ready for the podcast to kind of what would what would what would be something that might make that happen? I think you said it. I mean, essentially, we're going to look at those estimates, and if if our gross profit per day looks low, 
and we are looking at our duration and we're like, man, we're really pushing to hit, you know, let's say it's a three month, you know, bathroom remodel, whatever it happens to be. Um, we're really going to dig into the cost and make sure we have enough costs in that, you know, project to make it worth our time. We haven't said no to any projects yet. We've been, you know, we're, it's like anything else. When you put something like this in place, you're going to have a lot of legacy projects that you can't necessarily capture additional costs to get the margin where you want it. So we let those kind of go through the funnel. We're now starting to hit our stride with it. And we're noticing that, you know, with, with uh, looking at duration and being honest about that, and then, you know, increasing some costs to make sure that we have the right amount of money in our budgets, our gross profit per day is coming in at or above what our target is. Okay. So you're literally looking at a budget and saying, this is how many days we think this project is. There's not enough in here. So we're going to add a little bit to it just to make sure that we're hitting GP uh, per day. Or, or we're looking at the budget and we're saying, you know what, we're, we're saying this is five months, but I think we can actually perform this in three. And maybe we're able to go out the door at a lower gross margin on that particular project, but we know in our, in our heads that we're going to perform eight weeks faster. And then we can do that math and decide, you know what, that gross profit per day actually looks pretty good if we can actually finish it like we think we can early. Right, right. Yeah, imagine that, a production manager saying, hey, we can do that faster. (laughs) (laughs) So does this actually play in at all to, and I've heard other illustrations of this playing into the concept of your change orders as well. In other words, when when you're working on a change order, if you're gonna be able to finish that job within the same time period as the original schedule, that maybe that either all of that GP drops straight to the bottom line because you're not really using any more overhead right. or, or whatever for that time frame. Or I've heard in some cases where companies have said, uh, we're just going to sell this at a little bit lower markup because it's going to happen during the project. Is that part of the yeah. thinking as well? Totally. It's just like any change order you put out there. If you're performing well on the project and you're ahead of schedule, it's easier to maybe not pass on a full cost to your client because you know, in this instance, you know, like our gross profit per day is great. Like we're able to take a little bit less margin. We know it's not going to extend the durations on a small, you know, scope item. Right. Certainly we can pass that along and, and build some goodwill with a client at the same time. Yeah. And I suspect you could also look at it from the other side where, a change order might only take like three working days where people working on the change, but it's going to extend the schedule by a full week. So you've got two days of GP that are not being accounted for in the markup of those three working days. And so you can literally add those into that change order and, and make the money, uh, you know, for that, for that job, for those extended days. Yeah. And we, we have thought and kicked that around a little bit. It can, you know, it it gets a, it can give you some exposure when you're looking at change orders and, you know, if you try to add those two days in there, does it look like it's just too high of a cost, but we haven't, we haven't gotten there yet on change orders, but we certainly would love to. We're always doing our full markup, but um, there are instances where you could make an argument that it's just going to cost us more because we're going to be there longer. Right. Right. Yeah, I remember uh, one of our groups, uh, one of the production managers said they have a fee that is per week that they charge their clients. It's in the contract that says if the job is delayed by 
a week's time because of lack of decisions or anything like yep. that. It is, I'm not going to say the number because it's going to be different for every company, but they have a fee that they charge their clients, which covers this kind of thing. So yeah. how do you, how are you tracking this? What are you doing internally? Okay. You sold the job, you thought about it. You said, this is going to be three or eight weeks, six weeks, 12 weeks, whatever. How are you tracking the GP per day so that you know whether you're on track or not as you're going through the project? Yeah. So we actually start talking about GP per day when we first establish like a big ballpark estimate with a client upfront when they're first okay. in what we call schematic design. This is the first time we take a peek at it. We're like, hey, it's a kitchen remodel, you know, a little extra in the living room, whatever. It's a $200,000 job. You know, here's what the potential gross profit is. Here's what our gross profit per day looks like based on the fact that it could be a four to five month uh, duration. And then that's kind of the first time we just look at it. Does it look good? Yeah, it looks good. Let's let's keep on going. Then as we start to do actual estimating in the background, we have a more accurate number because we've got accurate costs. And we put that into our production management software system on the dashboard for every project. There's a custom field that says gross profit per day. And that's what it goes out at. And so we know we can see on that project, here's what the gross profit uh, went out per day that went out the door. And then throughout the project, we just we just calculate that based on the actuals that we're seeing week to week. Um, and so we can see kind of where it's where it's trending. Um, most of it is related to schedule. You can see pretty quickly, like if you're on schedule, you're going to hit your number. If you're not, right. you're not. Um, and then at the end of the project, we then, you know, obviously have a finished gross profit per day. And so we track it mostly in our production management software, but we do have a separate spreadsheet outside of that that kind of enables us to do more than our software will allow us. And are you reviewing that with the project managers on a weekly basis or bi-weekly basis, something yeah. like that? So they're tuned in? The, correct. Our format is every other week for a group production meeting. And we we show numbers at that time for just your normal gross profit percentage. Here's what your gross profit per day is. Here's where you're tracking on your schedule. You know, the red flags again are just schedule related. And um, so, yeah, so we show that every week. We just did it yesterday, actually. Yeah. So one of the things I've been thinking about while I was getting ready for this podcast was, and I don't know if you guys are doing this or not, and just tell me, tell me if you are, but the whole idea of looking at, does this project manager produce enough volume every month? And you can look at that and say, you know, GP per day has to be this amount per job. And let's say they're running three projects and they have to yep. produce $1,000 per day per job. So that's $3,000 a month. You take your, you know, overhead and net profit percentages and you calculate that out and it'll give you $1,000, you know, the $60,000, $80,000 number. And if they're producing that volume of produced work, then they're probably producing efficiently and what they yeah. need to do. They're they're doing what they need to to help the company make money. Yeah, we haven't gotten there yet, but we've actually have had some of those conversations internally um, to try and figure out how we could use it in that in that way. Yeah, you know, I, I, I hear... Uh, uh, business owners will often ask me like, how much should I pay somebody? And I tell them, I joke, say, if they're making you money, pay them a thousand dollars an hour. You know, it doesn't yeah. really matter as long as they're making yeah. you money. 
but there's always a question of, is that person being efficient? And yeah. there's no good way to measure that. But I'm thinking that this GP per day thing will give us some benchmarks to say, we have to produce this amount of, of, of work. And I know every month it might, it might be a rolling three months or something like sure. that that helps you know, even out some of the ebb and flow on this thing. But that might be another really cool way of using this GP per day to evaluate performance versus, you know, I just don't think they're working hard enough. Yeah, no, it's it's a great way. And I think, you know, one of the examples um, that I was kicking around was a project we recently just finished. It was uh, scheduled as, I believe, a five-month, no, six-month project. We finished it in three months on the nose our management and supervision hours were over by $3,000. So our gross profit dropped to 32% or actually I think 30%. So, you know, you're like, gosh, how do we get this 5% slippage? Like this is just, you know, it's not what we're shooting for. And, you know, when you then break it down into gross profit per day, because we performed our schedule so well and and finished so early, our gross profit per day was about $350 over what our target was. And so like, it just, shifts the way you look at your projects. Um, because if you just look on the outside at 30%, probably not great, not horrible, but you could do better. But then when you look at gross profit per day, it's actually really good. And then you just slide that project manager over to another project uh, earlier than he would have cranking out more gross profit per day. And it's this whole flywheel concept. It just continues to feed itself. Yeah. And so this kind of leads me into this idea of what might be wrong with the system. And obviously the first thing is, is if you don't know what your GP should be, you know, you're not, you're probably never going to, you know, uh, hit it. And I think the other thing that this other company that I mentioned uh, struggled with was they had GP per day, but their costs kept going way over. In other words, they would estimate- Uh, They would estimate that this was $1,000 and it would be $2,000, but they would still be hitting the schedule and GP per day was still being attained. But that overage on cost of goods sold was just sucking money right out of the net profit. And and they were so fixated on that GP per day that they couldn't see this other problem. And it's taken me this long to figure it out myself. (laughs) And I think that's what's, you know, super good about the way we're using it is it's it's definitely not the only thing we're looking at. It's just, it just augments the the decisions. I mean, you still have to dive into your budget. You still have to look at what you went over and under on and, and do that analysis to understand that, yeah, my costs went over, maybe it's an estimating error. Maybe we need to, you know, do a better job of takeoffs, whatever it might be. So it it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, that gross profit per day is, is, you know, performs doesn't mean you're not doing something wrong somewhere else. So your illustration, I think is a good, a good illustration, because if that job that you mentioned had taken the original six months or whatever, and you still gone over by $3,000 in management time, Done. you'd lost. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and it would have destroyed, you know, even though the, the schedule was right, it would have yep. still, the job would have been a loser. So the only way to make it up in terms of loss of costs is to finish the job much, much faster. And that gives you that GP. 
Yeah, and we're in a transition right now where you, know, you guys mentioned, you know, on the lead in that, you know, we've taken a lot of time to kind of work on our pre-construction process. And so, yeah. you know, like that project, for example, was was forecasted as a six month project. That's kind of what it used to take us in the past to do something. But because we focused so hard on pre-construction, getting selections 100 percent literally having every piece of material either at our office or at the job site before we start, you know, everything just falls into place and, and the delays are significantly reduced. So, you know, now we're starting to es estimate these projects with a much more accurate project duration. So yeah. we're starting to look at those projects and say, let's start saying those are four month projects, not six. And so then, then it really, you know, becomes important to look at that GP per day and make sure yeah. you don't go over, you know, what, what that four month factor is. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, this is, this is so cool. By the way, I just wrote down that maybe we need to have a podcast on redefining your pre-construction experience. So <laughs> we might have Dan back to help us, how, help us figure out how did they go from, you know, the six yeah. months. It do the that, four months, that but... was that was a big lift and i'll give props out to the entire company that, that is not a one person uh, endeavor i will promise you that right well we can have a couple of guests on at one time no problem <laughs> but uh so we're gonna wrap up here dan so if you would give us like what would you recommend to people if they they well, wow this is intriguing this is kind of an interesting idea are there some stages or some steps or something that you could recommend for yeah. them to look at to, to start thinking about it? The the first thing we did was, you know, as I mentioned, we started tracking it. But part of that was we went to the last 10 projects we completed and right. we put we put down, hey, it went out the door with this gross margin percentage and it finished with this gross margin percentage. And then we said it went out the door with this gross profit per day. And it finished with this gross profit per day. So like, look at your last 10 and just see what your average performance is. Um, and I really do think the, the epiphany is when you start to break down your annual sales goals and break it down into gross profit goals, you can then say, okay, I have to hit this GP per day in order to, right. you know, for all this to work. And then you look at how your project performance was for the last 10 and you can quickly see like we did, like ours was way under where it needed to be. And so then it takes, you know, it takes a good six to 12 months to kind of flush that out of the system and start estimating differently and start looking at duration differently. Um, so long story short, I would just start tracking the number, look at your past performance and then start tracking it throughout estimating and even early on just to kind of gut check everything. Um, and it has to be real intentional. You know, you need people in the business to remind you to talk about it at every estimating meeting. No, it's not something that comes natural, but um, yeah. over time, if you can track it and have it on a dashboard somewhere, it'll make more sense. And it, was it hard to get the project managers to kind of think this way as well? Or is this, did it, did it, that, 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 did that flow for pretty well? Yeah, I mean, even a few weeks ago, one of the project managers was like, oh, gross profit for day, you know, like whatever that is, you know, it's like, it's, it's a hard, <laughs> you know, the, the, everybody's so used to looking at like gross profit percentage, you know? Right. Um, so, so we just continually reinforce the message. We, we use the illustration of what our goals are this year and how that relates to GP per day. And, um, you know, they don't, they don't, 
you know, they don't drive around with that number in their head. I won't say that. Right. But, um, you know, it's again, it's like anything else you do in your business. It's just a constant reinforcement of, hey, here's what we're looking at. Here's what we're trying to do. And it'll all start to make sense the more you do that. Yeah. Now, can you share what your GP per day per job is or? Yeah. So, right. Well, our goal for this year is $750 gross profit per day okay. um, on, on any, that's per project as well. You got to break right. it down per project. Um, and, you know, I think our actual goal is 850, but you're never going to have hundred percent utilization. So there's, there's a, there's a attrition there that you want to factor in. So we shoot for 750. Um, and as of right now, we're over a thousand dollars per day on most of our projects. So wow. we're, we're performing really well. Um, we're finishing our projects early. And, and like you said, the pre-construction process is a big part of that. Yeah. I, I, and I'll say to the listeners, I know another company in Atlanta, a little different market and so forth like that, but theirs is about 1200 dollars yeah. a day. And that's job. kind of where that's kind of where we are landing now. It's is yeah. right there at the eleven hundred to twelve hundred dollars per day. And we're we're super happy with that. You know, my when I first did that math, my, it just blew my mind. I said, there's no way. There's no this is yeah. just a huge number. And I kept coming back and punching the numbers in. But it's big. For, yeah. a, for a fully developed company, that number is big. And so yep. don't let that scare you when you start thinking about this. Don't let that go like, oh no, we can't do that be thinking into, yeah, that's, that's real. That's, uh, yep. that's real life. Yeah. So Dan, thank you so much. This has been oh, great. I, I love, I love this uh, information and um, we look forward to getting you back on for some other stuff. That'd be great. Anytime. Yeah. This is awesome. Thank you so much, Dan. Take care. Tim, this was awesome. Again, uh, I think as we look at um, just the changes that companies make that, different managers are making in their, you know, with their production staff. It's the intentionality of change and the uh, utilization of data. It's just yeah. awesome watching the changes that they're able to make. Uh, yeah. What stands out for you here? Well, I'm, I, I, I jotted down the data stuff because the, the focus is always, did we make any money? Did we make any money? And we really have to think about like, what data do we need to make good decisions? And I love Dan, you know, the way they started was looking at, you know, some, some bigger picture stuff. And then they started breaking it down and saying, where are we with this and that? Then looking at the overall uh, volume that the company needs to do, how many jobs will that be? What does that mean in terms of per day? And so all of that information, if you don't have the data, or it's inaccurate for some reason. If it's, if, you know, it isn't being coded properly or if it isn't, you know, making it into overhead when it should be an overhead or you know, all that kind of stuff. If you don't have good books, you can't make good decisions. And I love yeah. that fact, both with this podcast and another one we did recently, it's about the data and you, you can't make good decisions without that data. Um, what else? stood out. I mean, I'm seeing just the incredible changes. What do you see that companies are able to see once they're able to break this down into gross profit uh, per day? Well, I think it's a, I think it's a much more immediate response uh, to uh, challenges. In other words, if you know you've only got, let's say a thousand, because it's easy for me to do the math, a thousand dollars per day, 
and you start seeing, you know, this job is going to go another five days, you can put a real dollar amount on that thing. You can say that's five grand. And I don't know about your world, but five grand means a lot to me. And so I'm going to look at that and go, how do we pull that in? How do we make sure that we bring uh, this job in a little bit quicker? So maybe we only lose the two grand. I think the decision-making process, like with with change orders, I think there's some um, some really good value there. That's something I've stressed in in some of my change order uh, trainings. It's not GP per day, but just looking at you know if if we can get this job done. And I think Dan's point was people worry about markup on a little. A little thing, you know, that's going to happen when everybody's right there anyway. You know what? Maybe we don't need as big a markup on it because the overhead is all taken care of and we're going to still make 20 or 30 percent on that thing, but we don't have to mark it up as much. So I think all of those kinds of things uh, factored in uh, really make a big deal. And then I think just his comment about the production staff. You know, I think it's a pipe dream for us to think they're running around doing math in their head all day long. I better get this done today because it's going to be a thousand dollars. They're not doing that. But just that awareness in their head of of everything that really costs the company, they're going to focus on the other things that cost. But they got to know about this other, um, you know, the overhead and the net profit that it costs. Otherwise, they make bad decisions. They they just think in terms of the right way. It's a driver, right? And it's a driver of data. And that's the most important or driver with data. Um, Well, this has been awesome. And I just, I love that company, Alloy Workshop. The (laughs) owners are just great Roundtables members. Uh, So just, you know, applause and and credit to them and to Dan. Really thanks, uh, Dan Purnell, for joining us today. And we want to thank you for listening to another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. And remember, at The Tim Fowler Show, we're working hard to eliminate It is what it is from your vocabulary. This has been another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com slash consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.